You're listening to Vernacular Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Vernacular Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 10. I'm Sally. And I'm Zach. And we are recording from Montgomery, Alabama. That's right. We've been having a chance to explore the Deep South for the past couple weeks while we've been here. I've been here on business, and fortunately, I was able to take Sally and Esther with me. Yes, so if you hear loud noises from an air conditioner... Oh my gosh, it's so loud, or and it comes on periodically. poor sound quality in general, it's not because we are losing our touch. It's right. just because we're in a hotel room, and we are not in our wonderful, cozy closet studio back yes. at home. But we thought that you would still like to hear from us while we are away. So we are recording an episode all about our media consumption. Yes. And when you think media consumption, you might think Twitter or television. But we're talking about media all-encompassing. So including books and podcasts Podcasts and magazines. magazines. Yeah, all that stuff. So it'll be a pretty short episode, but we just wanted to check in with you guys and let you know what kind of stuff we've been enjoying in our reading and listening. Yeah, and maybe you can find some new sources of media for yourself. Because I'm always, I always love when people share what they're reading and listening to and watching. I do too. It gives me ideas. In fact, that's why I have a lot of the things on my list now. Right. Referrals. <laughs> yeah, I just went on a crazy streak uh, yesterday ordering a ton of books from the library that I had heard about recently. So I'm excited for them all to arrive. But without further ado, let's begin. Um, We can start with books. Let's do it. Sally, what have you been reading lately? So I've been really into reading lately because I've been carving out time during Esther's nap to just devote to reading. And that means that I've actually been finishing books. (laughs) So listeners remember months ago, I mentioned that I was reading All the Light We Cannot See. And I finally finished that. I finished that. I also finished um, The Awakening of Miss Prim. And I, then I started reading The Collapse of Parenting by Leonard Sachs, and I just finished that last week. And so this week, I started reading Honeymoon in Tehran and Leisure, The Basis of Culture, all of which I would recommend. I, I'm enjoying all of them. Um, I enjoyed, I would say, All the Light We Cannot See was a little hard sometimes because the chapters are very short and they flip back and forth between time periods and characters a lot. So it was a little harder to read in small chunks, but once I started carving out a good segment of Esther's nap to read, I was able to get into it more, and so it just needed a little bit more time. And, and I think Sally's becoming a kinesthetic learner as well, because <laughs> she doesn't sit in a chair and read during these times. She paces back and forth, so she gets steps on her Fitbit. <laughs> it keeps me awake, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I sit down during Esther's nap, I'm going to fall asleep. If I sit down... Uh, after she goes to sleep at night, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so while reading, that is not just like, right, right. I'm not just going to fall asleep in general, but while reading, it's going to put me to sleep. So pacing really helps and I get exercise. Yeah. And you've been flying through books a lot faster than I have. It's very, it's very satisfying. Yeah. 
I really enjoy it. So yeah, I could say the biggest ones that I would recommend, The Collapse of Parenting by Leonard Sachs, How We Hurt Our Kids When We Treat Them Like Grownups. So that was talk to really me about good. the central thesis of The Collapse of Parenting. Basically, we shouldn't be treating our kids like grownups. We shouldn't be giving them all of the authority and the decision-making power. Right. But we should be the authority in their lives. Yeah we being the parents and we shouldn't just let them make their own decisions in consultation with their peers, but we should be the, yeah, that main source of authority and not just discipline, but just direction and, um, self helping them form good habits and those kinds of things. And we've talked about this before, how we have to catch ourselves talking to Esther sometimes because we like to use the word can, and it'll be something like, Hey, Esther, can you put your shoes on? So it ends up being a question. Right. And then that gives her the opportunity to say no. <laughs> so <laughs> it is much more effective if we say, Esther, put your shoes on, please. Thank you. Right. And even if you, and a worse example would be if you're actually asking the question and allowing them to decide. So we just are accidentally phrasing it as a question when right. we don't intend for it to be question. But his point is that a lot of parents actually ask their children if they want to do something that they should be doing and then allow them to decide whether or not to do it. Well, and from the conversations that you and I have had independent of this podcast about this book, it seems like a central theme of the book is that the parents have to continually let let the child know that they are loved unconditionally and most importantly, independent of what the child achieves, which is, I think, another really important thing. So the child is never under pressure to perform in a certain way because they know and they know their parents love and they feel secure in it right right yeah no I think it's not a heavy-handed book I mean I wouldn't be afraid that he's gonna come out strongly with this very scary kind of parental authority it's definitely all done in love and yeah helping the child to know that the place where they are loved unconditionally is their family right and, and that's so it's their not, strongest support system it's not authoritarian right it's just acknowledging that Children need to be to be formed theologically, right. educationally, physically, etc. Right, right. And he's not coming from any particular perspective except from his experience as a psychologist. Right. So he he looks at his own experience um, in his office with clients. Uh, a lot right. of empirical data. Yeah, and then um, social science research. So yeah, it's it was great, and it was really really accessible. Um, so, yeah, so that would probably be the number one book of all of those that I mentioned that I would recommend. Would you recommend it to someone who does not have kids? Um, I think so. If you're interested in child development and if you want to have kids in the future, if you are a teacher, if you're an educator of any sort, then I would, yeah, that I would definitely recommend it. It sounds like it would be good for someone who doesn't have kids because, again, based on our conversations, not based on my reading of the book, which has not happened yet, but, <laughs> but will, uh, it sounds like it can help you think through your relationship with your parents too. Yeah, no, that's true because it did spark a lot of discussions just between me and Zach about, yeah, between the two of us about our relationship with our parents and just thinking through how we were formed and how our upbringing went as children. Right. So yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, what about you? What have you been reading? So I've been reading a couple books lately. The, one of the things that you have to know about me when I talk about the books that I'm reading is I'm a simultaneous book reader. So I don't read one at a time. I read multiple. Uh, sometimes it's an absurd amount. Like I'll have, <laughs> I'll have various bookmarks in like nine different books. Yeah, I can't do more than two at a time. Yeah. I, I don't know if I do it effectively, but I do it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to talk to you about two books that I'm reading now. Okay, nice. Neither of these are new books, so these aren't on the you know New York Times bestseller list. One of them was, 
and that is Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. Oh, okay. I'm is sure, that his newest one? No. His, oh, okay. I think his newest one is David and Goliath. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so it is one of his older ones, but it's very interesting because, like all of his research, he has different ways of approaching problems that seem familiar to all of us. So the idea behind Blink is that he is fascinated in particular with those moments that happen really in the blink of an eye in which people do what he calls thin slicing. They make decisions or assessments that are based on gut instinct, which is really their subconscious, and they don't really have a rational conscious understanding of what is making them make that assessment, but they come to it anyway. Wow. And it's a really fascinating book because he talks about the subconscious in a way that I've never really realized it is present and active in our lives before. So he tells this example of a, a, a team of researchers from, I think it was the University of Iowa years ago, who did an experiment in which their test subjects had two decks of cards in front of them, one red and one blue. And the test subjects had some sort of a reason to desire higher cards versus lower cards. Hmm. And they initially were under the assumption that both of the decks of cards were equivalent in the numbers of cards they had. Really, they weren't. One of them had more high cards than the other. Okay. But it took them about 50 draws of the cards to realize consciously and be able to articulate that the blue deck or the red deck, whichever one it was, had the better, more advantageous cards. But even though it took 50 turns for them to consciously be able to articulate that, their... Uh, fingerprint sweat indicated basically higher levels of stress Wow! when they were going for the lower level cards that were, that were less advantageous. So basically wow. their subconscious figured this out way before their conscious ever did. That's crazy. And so he uses this example and several others as a launching point to explore what our subconscious mind does and how it influences our everyday lives. And it's just so interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't think I ever think about my subconscious and even just like thinking about it now, I have a hard time thinking of times when I just have a gut reaction to things. But that would probably be probably help me be more aware of the presence of my subconscious. Yeah, I think so. And being married to you, I think you do have gut reactions. Yeah, I just I maybe just, just don't think about it. I, well, I think what what often happens is we have gut reactions. And then we do post hoc rationalizations for them so they mm. don't seem like gut reactions. Mm. Okay. So, so you initially have this, you know, it's an extreme example, but a feeling of revulsion for something. Yeah. And then in order to understand your feeling of revulsion, you generate a logical explanation for why you feel revolted at, you know, X happening. Oh, okay. But yeah, but the, but the reasoning didn't occur beforehand. Right. Yeah. It's all post hoc. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. So that's the first book. Um, the second book is this uh, one by a guy named Frank Sheed, S-H-E-E-D, and it's called Theology and Sanity. And it is not an easy read. It's pretty dense, uh, and I'm about, I don't know, 10% of the way through it. Um, but it is an explore, exploration and explication of the Christian faith in a way that I haven't really read it before. Um, he uses a lot of logic in forming his arguments, and it's... It's really interesting. That's awesome. I recommend it. Based yeah. on what I've read so far. Those Maybe are, I'm 10% in, but. Those can be hard books sometimes to get into because Leisure, A Basis of Culture, similarly it, by Joseph Pieper, and then the accompanying essay, The Philosophical Act, or The Philosophic, the philosophical Act, um, it's 
it's dense and there's a lot of words and you really have to concentrate. Right, right. <laughs> so sometimes those are harder to get into, but that sounds really interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, should we talk about non-books now? Yeah, well, I was going to mention one, two other things. Um, one, on my list of books that I ordered from the library, two of them are um, it, ones that have been recommended to me recently, and so I'm excited to read them. Quiet by Susan Cain, which yes. is about introverts. And then um, Gretchen Rubin's newest book, which is about, it's, I think it's called The Habits of Our Lives, and it's about mastering everyday habits. And she's written a bunch of books, and she's pretty popular. She was the one who wrote The Happiness Project. Um, and anyways, so those are two that I've heard recommended recently from friends or podcasts, and I might be starting them soon. We'll see. But the other thing I was going to mention is that I've really enjoyed ordering cookbooks from the library because I'm always hesitant to buy First of all, all of these, most of these books I order from the library anyways, because I'm hesitant to buy books that I haven't read. Right. But especially for cookbooks, I don't want to buy them and then decide that I'm never going to use them or it's not going to actually be helpful. And cookbooks so, are expensive. I mean. Yeah, they are. Especially the nicer looking ones, 30, 35 bucks. Right, right. So if anybody's interested in cooking or baking or you just enjoy getting new cookbooks, try just getting them from the library, even if you have to put, be put on a waiting list for the newer ones. Um, it's just a really nice way to find out, kind of assess in advance if you would want to purchase the cookbook. And maybe there's just one recipe in there that you care about. So anyways, yeah. Support your local library. Yes. Love the library. All right, yeah, so what should we talk about next? Let's talk about magazines. Okay. So do you want me to go first? Go first. Okay. Yeah. The magazine, the only magazine that I really read is the one that Zach recently bought me a subscription to for my birthday, and that is Bon Appetit's magazine. And I've been really enjoying it. It's so much fun. I've been bringing it in the car with me when we go on road trips. For instance, I brought the newest, uh, the newest issue when we drove to Montgomery a couple weeks ago. And it's really fun. They just have great, uh, not only great recipes, but great articles about food in America. And in the most recent issue, which I have as being October, um, they have this article on the search for America's ultimate burrito. And it's talking about all the different burritos in San Francisco. That was a really fun story, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, mostly in the Mission District of San Francisco and just kind of the start of the burrito and where it came from, obviously Mexico, but um, how it fits into the cultural dynamic and environment of San Francisco. So yeah, so there's just some really interesting writing in addition to food writing, in addition to great recipes and great tips and tricks and beautiful, beautiful photography. And each episode of well, this is kind of moving on to a different kind of media, but each episode of the podcast Bon Appetit, um, or each each issue of the magazine has an accompanying podcast that relates so that's kind of fun too what about you what's your magazine that you've been reading yeah so um there are only a few magazines that i would like to consistently read Mm -hmm. uh we only have one subscription just because magazine subscriptions are not always cheap yeah so what we try to do is basically snatch them up when they're doing promotional rates yeah bon appetit was like what six dollars for the whole year i think so yep crazy and so the New Yorker was doing a promotional rate that was 12 weeks for $5. That's nice. So I snatched that up, and I've been enjoying the last few weeks of the New Yorker. And it's been, it's been really interesting because the quality of writing in the New Yorker is really, really good. And it's always a pleasure to read. And it always stretches me a little bit because the New Yorker has a pretty distinctive ideological bent. And... I don't always agree with what they say, but I really appreciate reading them because I think it helps me 
fashion my own arguments better and sometimes realize that the way I was approaching a problem was, in fact, wrong. Um, so I've really enjoyed reading some of those things. Uh, there was an issue that explored West Virginia's support of Donald Trump, hmm. uh, which the article was saying is very interesting because the state has traditionally leaned blue hmm. um, and actually has traditionally solidly been blue wow. and has only been red since 2000. Um, in that same article, it was talking. Uh, there was an uh, in that same issue. There was another article talking about a, an Uber competitor in New York called Juno. Also, another article talking about the move towards a cashless society and some of the implications of removing cash, including, by the way, that uh, suppressing cash flow would actually really hurt black markets because, if you think about it, cartels, for example, use cash almost exclusively for all oh, of their goods because it's, it's uh, very difficult to you trace. Can't trace it. okay. uh, it's pinned uh, to the dollar, which is a very stable form of currency, and it's accepted in many international markets as a, basically a secondary currency. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just I'm learning a lot. Diverse. I'm learning yeah. a lot from my New Yorker subscription, and I've appreciated that quite That's a bit. That's awesome. Also, not strictly a magazine, but incorporating elements from lots of magazines. I love, 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 love longform.org so if you like good journalism check out longform.org it is run by i think the university of pittsburgh's journalism school or journalism department um but it's really great because it is basically a collection of the web's best long-form journalism that's really nice you don't have to go searching for them it's just all right collected on this site it's it's uh user reviewed and user rated and you have an estimate on the site of how long it takes you know 15 minute read or 30 minute read or hour and a half long read but it's there's really really good stuff on there that's great um about a month and a half ago there was an article in the la times um and i'll have to look up the actual title of this article but the article was talking about a woman who was the head of the PTO for her child's school and, uh, or, yeah, PT, yeah, exactly. PTA or PTO, is that the same thing? Probably. Yeah, parent so she was the head of... Organization or Parent-Teacher Association. Yeah, she was the head of that for her uh, child's school, and she was actually framed for a uh, pretty bad crime wow. by a psychopath who is very bizarre and anyway it was a whole saga the article title i just looked it up is framed she was the pta mom everyone knew who could who would want to harm her by christopher gofford it appeared on september 3rd it's a six-part series but that was something i found on long form and it's a really captivating story if you like crime journalism if you like the law um really good stuff so Well, that's a perfect segue into talking about podcasts that we've been listening to because one of the new podcasts that we have recently found out about is called Criminal. We heard about it on Startup, which is Gimlet Media's flagship podcast. Right. And we've mentioned that before. And in their newest season, I was listening to it recently, and they talked about one of their employees who used to work for Criminal. I think he started it, actually, but regardless, he worked at Criminal, or on Criminal. And so we, Zach and I, um, downloaded a couple of the episodes, and you listened to one of their more recent. I listened to their first one. I did. I listened to the the two most recent. It was a two-part series, and it was crazy. It was about... A woman who, when she was 18, I think, or so, found out that her identity had been stolen. And with it, someone had racked up tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt. Those those debts had gone unpaid. She had had collection agencies after her. At 18, they they stole a child of an... They stole... 
the child, the identity of a child, right? Not the child of an identity. So, plot twist here, and also spoiler. So, if you want to listen to this episode and okay, don't want to spoil, listening right stop now. listening. Just fast forward thirty seconds. But basically, not basically, she does find out that her mom had stolen her identity to to basically fund a double life that That's she was leading. Horrible. So totally outside the and realm of... And she finds of, out that it's her mom who stole the identity after her mom has already passed away, right? Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And she basically concludes that her mom was a sociopath. You know, that 1% of the population that can't feel empathy or emotion, really, or wow. guilt. So, yeah, that was really interesting. Uh, we haven't listened to enough of Criminal to know whether or not it gets really, really grisly. Yeah, um, I mean, We would I caution you to not listen to it around kids. Yeah, yeah. I started listening to the first episode um, when I was making lunch the other day and I turned it off because I just didn't want Esther is an eagle ear or a fox ear or whatever <laughs> she's a very good ear the eyes so of I an eagle and the ears of a fox pick up on any of the words or things that they were saying because they were talking about some kind of grisly um, death scenes that I guess could be attributed to wild animals I don't know I didn't listen to the whole thing it sounded interesting and I, yeah. I will finish it but I just didn't want to listen to it around right yeah uh, children who can pay attention to those things well what other podcasts have you liked Sally? yeah so i'm really into mommy podcasts so if you're not a mommy then this will probably not interest you but if you are i really like the mom hour and coffee and crumbs and girl next door and fountains of carrots so those are my favorite mommy podcasts food podcasts i like bon appetit and spilled milk which i think i've mentioned both of those before and those are probably, yeah, probably my favorite ones that I've been listening to lately. So very specific tastes. Nice. Well, I have two to mention. One is called Econ Talk, and one of my friends put me onto this. A shout out to Helen, uh, who told me that this is one of her favorite podcasts. And it is run by a guy at Stanford. Uh, he's an economist at Stanford's Hoover Institution. And it's not just econ, so don't be put off by that, because... Well, I guess it is econ, an economist would say, because economics is very broad and far-reaching. It's not just numbers and money, right? It's also behavioral economics and um, implications of data. Econ is big life. data. Econ's a big deal. So <laughs> anyway, this is this is econ in a broad definition, uh, but, but what I've listened to so far has been really, really good. I listened to one episode about the implications of using algorithms to predict recidivism, the probability that someone will end up back in jail for a crime wow well not really back in jail the probability that someone will commit a crime again um and that was a really interesting one because it turns out these algorithms can be used in sentencing phases wow uh, to make sentences more severe if an algorithm algorithm predicts based on in some cases proxy variables for race like zip codes uh, that someone is more likely to commit a crime again. So that's really, really scary. an eye-opening and scary thing yeah, to realize yeah. uh, that that's going on in our justice system. But that was yeah. a that was a good um, episode. I recommend that. So Econ Talk is the first one. The second, maybe more of a niche um, interest podcast. I'm a huge baseball fan, and this is called the Ringer MLB Show. It's it's the, it's part of the Ringer Podcast Network, which is uh, run by Bill Simmons. Um, he runs the Ringer.com after his uh, falling out with ESPN. But this podcast is hosted by um, Michael Bauman and Ben Lindbergh, and it's all about baseball. And they talk about sabermetrics, which is advanced statistics, which really only baseball has. Um, and there's a movie about that, right? Moneyball? Moneyball, yep. That's, That's all about sabermetrics. That's the only reason I know about that. Yep. And uh, yeah, so Brad, the, was Brad Pitt is in Yep, that? Brad Pitt's okay. in there, and uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, that's a um, good movie. It is a good movie. 
but yeah, so they'll talk about the really nitty gritty, you know, uh, detailed stat stuff, and then they'll they'll interview a a ballpark organist for the Atlanta Braves. You know, so you kind of that's get like really a, a huge yeah. spectrum of stuff that's interesting in baseball, and I've really enjoyed that. That's cool. Nice. Um, okay, and then I guess last but not least, TV and movies. I don't think either of us have music that we're listening to specifically right now. Um, I'm such a podcast junkie that that's all I listen to when I'm working out. Yeah. And Same here. Yeah. I guess lately when I'm taking a walk with Esther to go on an errand, we've been listening to Kristen Chenoweth because she loves Kristen Chenoweth like I do. More Latte Boy. So, yeah. Taylor yeah. the Latte Boy is a great one. Um, but I haven't been listening to new music. I probably need to explore that, but I just love podcasts. Yeah, I haven't they actually, keep my I haven't been listening to new music either. Okay. So nothing on music, TV and movies. Um, I haven't seen any movies recently. So yeah, I neither don't have I. have anything I to say think, about movies. What was the last movie we saw? I don't even know. I don't know. I really wanted to see The Magnificent Seven. Oh, right, right. But I don't think I'm going to get a chance to in theaters yeah. now. Which is fine. We'll just wait till we can Redbox and it for $2. And didn't we see a commercial for a um, movie with, Ben Affleck that's coming out soon that looked interesting. Yes. It like a kind of heist born type yes. movie or something. But yeah, we haven't actually seen any movies. So no. TV. We uh, recently, I guess a month ago, finished Breaking Bad. For me, it was the first time. And for Zach, it was the second time. And that was really tough, but it was a really good show. And I, I actually would recommend it with caveats. But uh, Those caveats being... Being that it can be grisly sometimes and disturbing and depressing. depressing. So I couldn't really watch more than one episode at a time, um, which is healthy anyways. But so Sally's sister asked us why we watch Breaking Bad and basically what the redeeming value of Breaking Bad is. And I think it's a fair question because it's a pretty dark show. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar with the premise, you basically watch a, by all appearances, normal family with a, by all appearances, loving father, father. and husband. Though I guess maybe not the most loving father and husband. Well, but that's, that's, yeah, yeah, I think by all appearances, kind right? Of average. Exterior appearances. The neighbors think the family's fine. Right, and right. His colleagues at work think everything's fine. Yeah, high school chemistry teacher. He, right. He tries to build a drug empire and brings the entire house of cards crashing down on him and his family in the process. So kind of depressing yeah. material. But I think the 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 real value in this show is showing us exactly how a seemingly normal person, or really a normal person, because he wasn't a monster at the beginning, right? No, no. He was a, a person who has normal issues like normal people do, but he descended into a really, really dark place in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Because he couldn't, he, he has a cancer diagnosis in the beginning, and he couldn't, he couldn't wrestle with that effectively and he couldn't let go of his pride enough to ask for help exactly and so he just wanted to figure this out himself pay for it all himself not accept help from other people right and so little by little small step by small step and then bigger steps he justifies and rationalizes all his decisions and ends up committing horrible crimes and so it's a a cautionary tale but it's also i think a, a really powerful statement of how relational humans are in the first place because we can't do something without affecting all of those around us. Yeah. Yeah. And just from an artistic perspective, I think it's a very, very well good. done move. Very good cinematography. Cinema. Yeah. Very good, uh, screenplay, very intricate storyline. 
Yeah, there are some scenes and episodes where you're just kind of like, what is the point of this? What what's happening here? And it it we have we did fast forward through some episodes that were a little slow, but not without understanding kind of where they play their part in the whole narrative right. and what the director or screenwriter was trying to do. Right. So yeah. Yeah, Vince so, Gilligan is a creator of Breaking Bad and he's he's quite a genius, I very think. Very powerful. Yeah. But after that, we kind of ran out of things to watch on Netflix um, beyond like our favorite, you know, 20 minute shows, sitcoms. So we decided to end our Netflix subscription and get a Hulu subscription because, again, deals. We, right. There, there's a five ninety nine for, for a the, year, I think, right? For a right? year, yeah. So you pay five ninety nine per month for the first year of your subscription to Hulu. And we probably won't even stick with it for a whole year, but there are a few shows on there that we like. We're and big so, Jimmy Fallon fans, so yeah. we'll be watching so you see a lot of the Tonight show. show. Yeah, we just got it last week. We are finishing up The Good Wife, which um, I started a couple years ago, and Zach joined me on, and so we're finishing up the last season of that. And we have uh, some friends of us, some friends of ours, have recommended this new show on Hulu called This Is Us. Right. And it's we kind really of, love Parenthood, which is on Netflix. Yes. And, and so they that's know what we they love recommend Parenthood. It. So. Yeah, they, that's what they compared it to. It's kind of like a dramedy, I guess. So we haven't seen it yet. So yeah. to be continued. Yeah, we'll let you know how yeah. we like it. But we're excited to try it out. Um, and then maybe we'll go back to Netflix or try Amazon Prime or something like that. So Right. Yeah, trying to, in the interest of budget-friendly media consumption, trying to just stick with one TV outlet at a time. <laughs> so right now we're in the Hulu time. Right. Um, yeah. So So I wrap it up. I think that's about it. Yeah. I guess the only media we haven't talked about is social Social media. media. Our social media. Yeah. If you like this episode or you just want to chime in with some stuff that you've been reading or watching or listening to, please reach out. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at vernacular pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash vernacular (laughs) podcast. You can email us at Zach and Sally at vernacular podcast.com. Or you can you can't Snapchat us, so that's that's, true. that's out of that's out of our. You could follow either of us on Instagram. You could. You could we follow, don't have a vernacular podcast Instagram. You but could follow either of us on Twitter. Yeah. I'm yeah. at I'm at Zach Crippen and Sally is at SF Crippen. Yeah, and then on Instagram I'm at Sal Elizabeth and you're at Z Crippen. Zach Crippen. Zach Crippen. Who tried okay. Okay. Close, close. <laughs> I do follow you. <laughs> yeah, check out our blog as well, blog.vernacularpodcast.com. But yeah, just reach out. We always love hearing from our listeners, and we hope that you will take us up on that. Yeah, and then next week or the next episode, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming where we actually have a guest on. And from our studio don't closet. Don't just have to listen yeah. to the two of us Hopefully talk. this doesn't end up being too echoey <laughs> in here. It doesn't have rows of hanging clothes to dampen the sound waves. <laughs> so... But yeah, thank you so much for listening. This is Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week. Feeling better than ever. When I'm by